Hello, everybody. Today's podcast is on a shift that's happening and it has been happening in the planning world. And this shift is impacting all of the planning disciplines, philanthropic, financial, estate, heritage or legacy planning, business planning, all of them are being impacted by this. The shift itself is pretty easy to identify, but it's really hard to name. Um, and so we're going to have to do it by describing it. Uh, it's a shift from the planning being driven by basically money and assets and taxes to being driven by the specific desired outcomes of the clients or impacts that the clients want to have. And this thing is being driven by our clients. So it's here to stay and we got to take it seriously. When I first say that to advisors, a lot of them respond by saying, I've always done client focused or client driven or some other form of or values driven or some other form of client centric planning. And my response generally is something like, well, I'd hope so, because all good advisors do. So it, it isn't that we're shifting um, you know, good planning. It's where the focus is, where, what's the driver of it? There's a huge difference between the planning that we've been doing and the client impact driven or desired outcome driven planning that they're now demanding. And let's see if I can explain it. I can give you a, an example. Years ago, I had a case in which, um, the parents had a specific set of things that they wanted their kids to learn. And we were doing it with a family fund. So there's some money going into a fund and the kids were going to have to manage it and work with professionals. And there was a list of things that they wanted uh, the kids to learn with this. And so as we identified what their outcomes were, we knew we wanted to put this fund together and we wanted to fund it with enough money so that they could do a lot of different things, but we wanted it to be, completely the kids and it was going to create a little gift tax. And so we set it all up and then we sent it to the attorney and the accountant and both the attorney and accountant go, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. You don't have to pay gift tax. We can plan this so that you don't have to pay gift tax. And I explained to them, yeah, I can plan it so it doesn't have gift tax. But the point is we need to get these things done. I mean, these are the, the outcomes that we're looking for. So they went back, they did their plan and they came back and they came back with the same planning I would have done if I was going to eliminate taxes and it eliminated the taxes, but it also eliminated about half of what we were trying to accomplish and the lessons that we wanted the kids to learn. So that was when I realized that our mentality is that, you know, most clients want to have good tax, avoid taxes, good planning, good investments and all that. And, and we start there and then what they have for desired outcomes are kind of, can we fit it in to the best planning we can do and save taxes and administrative costs and all that. Now, don't get me wrong. Traditional client-centric planning is great uh, in part because it's designed to help the advisor understand really who the client is and what's important to them and then create the plans and solutions around those. And it's a huge step up from the planning that focuses on what the client does. I mean, not the client, what the advisor does uh, or is good at rather than focusing on the client. But what the clients are now demanding requires the next level of questions and clarity, which goes beyond just the direction that the clients want to go into specific things that they want to achieve or experience. And let me give you a couple of examples. Really, we saw this initially in the philanthropic world when the rising generation started giving and they had a different mentality than their parents and grandparents did. They went from the parents and grandparents model of giving to good organizations or causes and expecting the organizations to use the funds wisely to demanding to know specifically how their gift was impacting those causes. It was 
in some ways a shift from the general direction, you know, I want to help the environment to specific income or uh, impacts or outcomes uh, that the donor wanted. Like, you know, I want to measurably improve the air quality in my city. And how is my dollar going to do that? David York, who's a great estate planning attorney out of the Salt Lake area, describes this shift um, in his estate planning world this way. He says, for years, my planning was basically driven by money and assets and taxes. And so it supported money and assets and taxes. And the family purpose was kind of off to the side, you know, that was going to be benefited by the fact that we saved taxes and did all this other stuff. And I now realize that the planning needs to be driven by the family's purpose, the things that they want, and support those purposes with then doing the best tax planning and, and assets and money planning that we can inside of that. So it's more a shift of what comes first, you know, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. And, in, and really, I come out of the estate planning world too, but I think most planning started with the assumptions that the clients want to maximize their investment returns and eliminate or reduce taxes and do the best asset protection planning that they can and then meet the desired outcomes of the clients inside that context. And like I said, the clients are now demanding to go in the, the other order. They're demanding we start with, this is what I want. Now you do the best asset and tax planning that you can getting me that. Uh, one of my friends described it as a shift from advisor-driven planning to client-driven planning. I'm not sure I agree with that, but maybe if it helps clarify it, that, you know, we can use that. So practically, how does this really work? So let's start with a definition. An outcome is defined as a final product or end result, which means that the target needs to be measurable so we know if we've achieved it, you know, if we hit it. That means that client impact driven or client outcome driven planning adds an additional layer of questions and increases the clarity by helping the clients to identify and articulate not only what they want to do, but how they'll measure it, how they know that they've gotten it and how they know that they're on their way to achieving that outcome. So let me give you another example. There's a financial advisor uh, that I work with and he had a client who was getting ready to retire. He was about, I think 63, he was gonna retire in two years. And part of his retirement dream was he wanted to buy a beach house. And this is like in the Hamptons where a beach house is gonna be 10 million or more. He wanted to buy a beach house in the Hamptons. And when he brought it to the financial advisor, this is like a budget buster for his financial plan. And the client was really disappointed that the financial plan couldn't include buying that house. But then the advisor asked that, next appropriate question, as we call it, he said, okay, so if you own the beach house, what do you want to do there? And the client responded that he had taken up painting and really wanted to spend two weeks each summer just sequestered out there at the beach by himself, painting his heart out. And he also wanted a couple weeks at the beach house where his kids and grandkids can come out and spend a little time with him while he was out there during the summer and they were on vacation. So in reality, he was only planning on using this house for about four weeks each summer. Once the advisor knew that the real desired outcome was to have four weeks at a beach house in the summer, that's pretty easy to plan around that and lease the house for four weeks, you know, which isn't a budget buster. So it's really getting that clarity of what is it that you really want? It's, it goes from, with one advisor I was talking to as a financial advisor, he goes, it's really, instead of asking the question, how much do you want in retirement? 
The question becomes, what do you want to do in retirement? And then monetizing all those things and figuring out how much you need in retirement, if that makes sense. Um, the other thing that happens though, when you do this is for the financial advisor, the planning changes the metrics and how the advisor is measured. In the case with the beach house, the client's not focused anymore on the Dow or the S&P or rates and return or anything else. All they want to know is how am I doing? Can I still have my beach house that I want for a month in the summer? This methodology is equally applicable and effective for estate planning, philanthropic planning, heritage planning, even business planning. Uh, you know, uh, for example, there I had a, a friend of mine who we'd worked with who was an advisor and he called me up and he goes, I know you normally don't do like executive coaching, but I need your help here for a little bit. And I said, all right, what's going on? <clears throat> and he said, well, I want to generate $100,000 of new revenue between now and May. And this was in August. So they had, you know, nine, 10 months to do this. Um, I, I want to generate $100,000 of new revenue. Well, I know that that's not really his desired outcome. Very few people, their desired outcome is measured in money. Because unless you're a screw duck and you're going to pile it all up in the basement and jump in it, you know, it's not the money. It's what you can do with the money that, that is the driver in this. That's the desired outcome. But I went along with him and I said, okay, so you want $100,000 new revenue. How do you plan on doing that? And he said, well, I make about $10,000 annually on new clients. So I need 10 new clients. Cool. Then now here comes the next appropriate question. If you have that hundred grand, what are you gonna do? And he tells me the story about he and his wife, they're both golfers, they love to golf. They wanna go on a golfing trip. It's gonna start at Bandon Dunes, which is in, on the coast in Southern Oregon, and work their way down the beach on the uh, coast highway and play Spyglass and Pebble Beach and all those courses down there and end up at Torrey Pines down in San Diego. And they figured this is going to take them like 45 days to 60 days. So they really wanted to block off close to 90 days that they could go have this adventure. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. We get you 10 new clients. Do you have time to go take 90 days off and play golf? And there's this dead silence. And he goes, huh? Yeah, that's not going to work, is it? And I said, no, but I don't think making a hundred grand is your des real desired outcome. Is your real desired outcome, you want to make a hundred thousand of new revenue or is your desired outcome, you want to be able to take close to 90 days off and go play golf. And he said, well, the desired outcome is I want to take 90 days off and go play golf. I, you know, the money was just what we thought we'd, we'd need to do that. And I said, well, let's start with what the real desired outcome is because when we, once we had that, it became a lot more about scheduling and a lot less about more revenue. So they had to, you know, they had to pack their schedule right before they left and right after they got back to do quarterly meetings, you know, both ends of that thing. Um, but it was a lot more doable thing and still have the time to go play golf than it was if they're just going to go out and get 10 new clients. Hopefully that, that helps. Um, once the client has really identified what it is that they want, the next question is, so what needs to be true in order for you to know you've actually achieved it? Because a lot of times these things are not, they're, they're subjective more than objective. And here the simplicity is the key. Both the answer and how you quantify and measure it needs to be something you can capture in bullet points, not in a five page plan. Um, so this kind of planning, this client impact driven or client outcome driven planning requires you as an advisor to ask different questions 
and to listen to understand and then ask the appropriate follow-up questions to help the client clearly identify and articulate both what does they want, their lifestyle or specific things that they want, and then identify how they would measure that they're getting it or on their way to getting it. So we know, have we achieved it, you know, or will we achieve it? What this does though, is it gives the client certainty because they have clear measurable targets and can determine whether they are achieving those targets because they have actual evidence now, whether they're there or not, because they set the, the metrics. Um, and, you know, it's been fascinating for me to watch over the years because we've always used the alignment conversation to help clients identify their desired outcomes and how they would measure success and the value of them to achieve those outcomes. So for us, a lot of ways, this shift is for clients was a shift to what we're already doing. Um, and if you're not sure how the alignment conversation works, visit our website and you can get some information about that there. Frankly, look at this from the other side here, from the client side. These aren't questions that clients are used to getting from most of their advisors. In fact, a lot of clients often have several advisors and they have them in silos and they only tell each advisor what they think that advisor needs to know for whatever their specialty is. And a lot of times you'll have three different advisors and they got three different stories from the client because they asked three different questions and because the client didn't think you needed to know some of the things that they told some of the other people. So it becomes our responsibility as the advisor to ask those deeper questions to help the client dig deeper so that both the client and the advisor understands the for what purpose behind their desires. In fact, you know, often the client doesn't really know what they want. It's like the guy that wanted hundred grand, he didn't really want hundred grand, he wanted to go play golf. Um, so helping them gain that clarity as to exactly what is it that you want and how you'll know if you got it. And that, pr that provides for the advisor a specific target to shoot for and for the client a specific target to measure against. Moving these, you know, moving to this kind of planning changes the client's value proposition because now they have a clear understanding of specifically what they want, how they're going to get it, and how they'll know they reached it. It also can change the measure of success and how you're measured. When it becomes based on whether or not the client can achieve certain outcomes they've identified or have evidence that they're achieving it, rather than indexes or you know, money in the, in the balance in the account or rates of return or anything like that. Um, so if in the financial services world, a lot of times what happens is all of a sudden the client's not so concerned about what's happening in the market. They just want to know, can I still do those things that I've identified I want to do? It's a plus or minus, not a, you know, are, are you getting me a quarter percent higher than the next guy is or next gal is or the robo is. We've been doing client outcome driven heritage design work with families for a couple of decades. And it's always been driven by that basic question of what do you want for you and your family, both now and in the future? And we have to have specific things to do that. So, you know, this, is, this has been our experience of working with affluent families because we're not working in an area that they're used to just talking about numbers. Uh, so it's, it's kind of an advantage to us, but what it's given us is two decades worth of practice on how to, how to get this and how to help the clients really clarify what it is that they want and how they're gonna know that they're getting there. As I said before, the shift in the philanthropic world was driven by the rising generations as they started giving gifts and they wanted to know the specific impact of their gift, uh, unlike their parents and grandparents who would just give monies to good organizations or to causes. 
Um, so it was always driven by the clients there in that case, the rising generation clients in the financial services world. It's also been client driven. And it really started as affluent clients began demanding that their advisors consider all of their wealth. And some traditional advisors began identifying themselves as wealth advisors who utilize the spectrum of financial disciplines available, such as financial and investment advice and all that kind of, along with legal and estate planning and accounting and tax services. And we're forming multifamily offices and things like that. But again, this was driven by the clients, not initially by the advisors. In the estate planning world, they've been kind of the last of, to meet this. And in part, it was driven by the clients as they now needed estate plans to support all those things that they were doing with the financial advisors and the philanthropic advisors. Uh, but the shift really accelerated a couple of years ago with the Tax Reform Act of 2018, which effectively eliminated taxes from all about two-tenths of 1% of families in the United States. Uh, so this change in the tax laws eliminated a vast majority of the estate tax planning, which forced estate tax planning attorneys to shift their focus from estate tax planning to what do you really want, outcome-driven planning. So there we go. Those are the shifts that we're talking about. Again, I don't know that we can name it. We'll come up with a name. Sure, I'm sure that over time a name will come up for it. But it really is happening and it's being driven by clients and we've got to take you know, pay attention to this. And it's really, as it, although it sounds foreign, it's really easy to do. It's just a matter of being able to ask the right questions, being able to listen to understand rather than listen to respond, and being able to um, help the client identify not only what they want, but how they know that they got it and how they can measure success. And those are questions that I said before, they're not used to answering or we're not used to asking. So it's kind of a new world in, in asking those things. Hopefully that's helpful because you're gonna see this, it's gonna be coming up more and more. If you want more information about it, again, you can go to our website, which is www.theheritageinstitute.com and there's some resources and things there. Or if you have any questions, as with all the podcasts, if you have any questions, just shoot us an email at admin at the Heritage Institute and one of us will get back to you and clarify some things. Thank you for listening and I hope you got something out of this. 